You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante bringing you the latest and greatest about the team that cannot get out of its own way for more than two consecutive days. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer those. Yanks won two in a row in Baltimore behind Corey Kluber and Domingo Herman. Lost the fourth game of the four-game set in embarrassing fashion. Every win is fine. Every loss is excruciating, especially when they come against the teams that are in the bottom of the barrel. We're going to talk particulars. Tyler Wade, not a major league player. Aaron Boone, pulling his starters too early, continued with Jordan Montgomery on Thursday. Montgomery did not stay silent. Rare positives. Domingo Herman, we will go into it. And Higgy versus Gary. The Yanks are now 5-12 and 12 when Gary Sanchez starts a baseball game in 2021. Weird, but not good. Thomas Carinante, how you doing? Can we make this podcast as boring as the experience of watching the New York Yankees play nine innings of April baseball? Can we just have a positive podcast? I don't know. I think like we were, we're like 25% positive at this point. Everything else is just, everything else is just stuff we're complaining about. Or like you said, excruciating losses time and time again. And guess what? This series might be more of the same against the Tigers coming up. The Yankees have scored three or fewer runs in 15 games this season. The only team that has done that more is the Tigers. They've done it in 17 games. So uh, expect a couple of two, one uh, bangers here. 
for your pleasure with the Yankees being on the losing side of at least one of them. Um, but guys, it's Pizza Friday. Let's get excited before we get into that and start being unhealthy. Um, uh, we have to we have to get ourselves on the right track and start feeling good. Uh, reminding all of you here that this prod- podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate, knowing you were doing something good for your body. Uh, Cacao Bliss starts with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then they blend it with turmeric oil, MCT, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, uh, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. Pretty unbelievable. The result, fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. Uh, I think the Yankees could probably use some help with inflammation, specifically Aaron Judge, uh, and just being healthy in general. It would help. For the last eight years, uh, Earth Echo Foods has been a leader um, in the superfoods market. And they're proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. Worldwide. So if you're interested, they're offering 15% off on their website, earthechofoods.com. Uh, and you can put in the code MINUTE15 to save. Head on over to earthechofoods.com slash MinuteMedia. Use the code MINUTE15 and you're on your way to a discount, folks. So uh, let's do it. Why not? Wow. Enjoy that. I mean, everybody, it's certainly it's it's a home run. It, it Saving money on Earth Echo Foods is as easy as a bunt with the runner on second and no outs in the 10th inning. It's just it's a given. It's a gimme. Something you have to do. Oh, unless you're the absolute last man on the Yankees roster and it's your only job is bunting and you give you give yourself three chances to bunt. Not not two like most bunters. Most bunters stop at two. They go, I blew it twice and now I have two strikes. OK, Bunts over time to, you know, make my way in the world. Let's let's hit a grounder to the right side. Let's move the guy over to third. Um, Tyler Wade, not that guy. He, he does things a little differently. Tyler Wade looks at the world uh, from a different angle, failed to bunt, bunted foul, struck out, uh, helped ruin the top of the 10th inning. Uh, after Glaber Torres is two out, two strike game tying double in the ninth. Glaber is now silently hitting 300 in his last like 30 at bats. He's like 12 for 32. Pretty cool. Um, the Yankees infield's heating up and it mattered for two games and not for a third straight game. A lot of opportunities. Look, we're doing, I think I speak, I don't speak for myself. I hope we're doing a wholly positive podcast of the Yankees take the final three in Baltimore and take three out of four, right? Yeah, we're just having no, a good time. Yeah, we, we should be. That's, that's what should be happening. But, um, look, we don't, do we want to blame Tyler Wade for this loss? No, we don't. We do. I don't, I don't want to no. be talking about guys who don't really deserve to be on the roster. Because at the end of the day, you have Boone who who did yank Montgomery a little bit early, 74 pitches through five, which, you know, we could talk about in a minute. Um, and the Yankees were three for 14 with runners in scoring position. They left 12 runners on base. And guess how many pitchers they faced? Six. You have to be able to take advantage of one of those. They let Adam Putko get out of that jam, uh, that, which should have been, I mean, they, they didn't. They, they ended up scoring two runs, but it should have been worse than that. Bases loaded. They end up getting the hit with two outs. Um pop what was it pop up strikeout or pop up pop up yeah glaber uh, bases loaded no outs glaber took ball swinging one in the, the other batter's here. box 1-0 yeah. pitch and then swinging from his absolute ass popped up to, <laughs> to short right uh and then Gio Urshela somehow struck out which like uh, yeah that rarely happens but it did it's like a thing that never happens the guy who is the only reliable bat on the team basically in situations like this somehow trying to protect the plate on 0-1 
foul tipping and a foot outside fastball and then whiffing on a pitch in his head. The thing where the catcher stands up and is like, I think you should throw the pitch over this man's head. Hope he doesn't notice. <laughs> he didn't. He struck out. Uh, and then Rugnet Odor, godsend, hits one through the hole. That lead doesn't stand. You can't really cry and bemoan the loss of a 2-1 lead in the sixth inning. I'm not like they had it and then they had four more innings to go and they blew it. Like <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But yeah, they took a two, one lead on an extremely clutch hit by Rudnett Odor in an inning that should have given them like a five or six, one lead. Yeah. Um, and Darren Ote didn't have his stuff, unfortunately, but like at that point, I know Monty gave up the untimely home run to Trey Mancini, which looked like a single. I, I, I mean, shook off Gary Sanchez though to yeah. get there. It should be said. Uh, and when we talk about when we talk about why he was pulled early, I do think that factors in a little bit. He asked, he begged Gary to let him throw an inside cutter. Gary said no. In this instance, not Gary's fault. Shook him off through it anyway, man. And it was the same sequence from Mancini's last at bat. Mm-hmm. Mancini pulled his hands in and jacked it over the left center field wall. Looked like a pop out. Went 111 miles an hour, apparently. So weird optics, but like a, a bomb. Yeah. Um, and then Darren O'Day didn't have his stuff, unfortunately. And then Mike, we, we get he gives up uh, he gives up the go ahead run in the bottom of the eighth, and the Yankees end up tying it on. Well, the wall fucked us, of course. We forgot that we didn't mention yep. that. Glaber Torres, uh, two outs, runners on first and second, rips one into the gap. Uh, runners are taking off at the crack of the bat. Ground rule double, one run scores. If it if it doesn't go over the fence, the second run scores and then a roll this Chapman shuts it down. Of course it goes over the ground rule double halts the runner at third Chapman comes in, strikes out the side. We go to the, we, we don't score because Tyler Wade can't bunt. And then of course, uh, Aaron Hicks and Carrie Sanchez couldn't do anything, which wasn't a surprise. Those were the three worst batters we could have put at the plate, arguably, uh, unless you want to, unless you want to consider Clint, one of those, I think it was, it was it was it was three of the four worst batters you could have put in the in the free runner in extra inning situation. Um, and then, of course, the Orioles get the job done with these. The Yankees decide to not uh, not walk uh, intentionally walk Cedric Mullins for whatever reason. Uh, Pat Valeka grounded out and moved the runner to third. Or did he bunt? He bunted. He bunted because yeah, he's because he he's bunted. a number nine hitter yeah, on the Baltimore sorry. Orioles and he knows how to bunt. <laughs> Pat Valeka can execute the bunt. Tyler Wade cannot, which, hey. We like I said, we don't want to be blaming Tyler Wade, but this is the reason why people were mad about the Talkman trade because the last guy on the bench does matter. Talkman is worlds better than Tyler Wade. It's not even close. You saw it. Didn't we see Talkman's debut, folks? He went three for three, I think, with a run scored uh, yep. in his Giants debut, and they won the game. Not saying he's going to be producing like that for the Yankees, but the last guy on the bench matters in terms of fundamentals. Talkman can lay down a bunt. Talkman can run the base as well. Talkman can play very good defense. And they put Tyler Wade in right field for this one. So what's the use of Tyler Wade here? Now we're using him as a utility guy. I know he's I know he's athletic and has the ability, but you're not going to tell me Talkman isn't better in the outfield. Um, so that's there's another re, there's another layer to why people are pissed about the Talkman trade. And there it is, because now Tyler Wade's going to be getting playing time in extras when we're trying to beat the Baltimore Orioles and can't lay down a bunt, which is little league stuff. Uh, but guess what? Tyler Wade's not the only one to blame because the Yankees can't do little league stuff all over the field. They can't, they can't play defense, you know, soundly. They, they cannot run the bases. Clint Frazier made the base running mistake the other night. Um, if they lose that game, that's even more magnified. So a uh, lot of problems, but I mean, Tyler Wade, like this, this further proves that 
I, the Yankees are wasting a roster spot on somebody who's making them considerably worse. And, and people have the right to be mad because it's, it's infuriating to watch. I also feel like people were saying right before, like it's in, the Yankees are embarrassing what their bench makes no sense. They carry five outfielders. It makes no sense. And then all of a sudden we get rid of one outfielder and Tyler Wade is playing outfield in extra yeah. innings. There's no alternative at the minor league level. They go immediately to this backup. Hey, you haven't played right field in, three years can you play right field now Aaron Judge is sore we need more outfielders for maintenance like there's a reason that the Yankees of all teams opted to carry extra outfielders it's because their outfielders get hurt and they don't have good outfielders at AAA they carried all of the good outfield depth on the roster that's why Talkman was there so you trade him and you immediately end up with Tyler Wade playing second now he's moving to the outfield in extra innings now he's got a bunch to get the runner over he doesn't do that and Aaron Hicks is Currently powering to the top of the list for me in terms of just question mark, question mark, question mark. Every time I see him, it's three question marks. Every at-bat is worse than the last. All the Yankees who've regressed so far this year, I think I, there's nothing tangibly wrong with them. Like Clint Frazier almost hit a three-run homer in this game. Yeah. Had some rips in the game they won the day before. I have faith in Clint Frazier. I don't think his career is over. I think, you know, Glaber, like I said, is already hitting 300 with some extra base power over the last, you know, good sequence of games. DJ ripped in that series. I'm not worried about these people, but Aaron Hicks does make me go. Yankees have five more years of this. And that throw. And that throw. And that throw. What was that? Used to be, he used to throw 110 miles an hour from the outfield or whatever. That was the thing. Remember when the Yankees were bad? They played and they the 2016 Yankees, terrible baseball team until they called up Gary Sanchez, like the only highlight that season. And it ran in every MLB TV bumper for the rest, like great plays when MLB TV would just <laughs> show old plays and you can't exit out or skip it. It's like, I guess I'm watching this. Like they used to show Aaron Hicks's laser throw against the A's. He threw to home plate. Mm -hmm. It was like a, it was 100 plus miles an hour in a game that I attended. The Yankees lost. They always did. Um, but it was like a classic MLB TV recycled highlight. It was like, look at how ridiculous Aaron Hicks's arm is. He's throwing, you know, a Randy Johnson fastball from the outfield. And uh, his last, the last vision of this game was after he dribbled to the mound with a chance to knock in the run that would have put him ahead. He and if the Yankees do score that run and puts him ahead, I think they walk Cedric Mullins. I think they treat the bottom of the tenth more seriously. I think yeah. since you know, since the offense was able to do absolutely jack shit. It, it sort of helps, you know, it helps pollute the rest of the game plan. Aaron Boone looks at it and goes, we're probably not going to win. Let's see if we can get Mullins. We can't. Oh, we lost. Oh, well. Like, I think that's part of it. I think it's maybe subconscious, but I think that's part of it. Um, yeah, Hicks Hicks somehow had just as bad an at-bat as Tyler Wade. Hasn't had a good at-bat in weeks. He's on the Yankees forever. The logic at the time locking him down was he was an ascendant player and there weren't that many good center field free agents coming up in the next few years. Um, I don't know why that was the logic. I'd rather have Jackie Bradley Jr. I'd rather have like three or four ancillary lower level guys that were center field free agents in recent years. I'm sure there's one next year who I'd be fine with. And Hicks is the kind of person who genuinely kind of looks like, look, some people get, you know, a hammer to their careers midway through. Tommy John surgery is no joke for an outfielder. He admitted he wasn't adjusted last year. His rehab was not seamless. Um, the throws are not there. The offense is absolutely not there. The comfort factor isn't there. And you look at guys like guys like Andrew McCutcheon went from superstar to solid role player in like one year. The, everything evaporated. Like Hicks was never McCutcheon's level. He was, you know, very athletic outfielder, but he wasn't an MVP candidate and, and all that good stuff. Maybe this injury is the thing that sort of just took a hammer to his career. And maybe he's a 210 hitting 
backup outfielder with very little power. And that's, he's the only person in the lineup that I really do want to examine. I'm worried that this is like, he's not patient anymore and he has no power and he's defensively lacking. So what, what's coming back for Hicks? I don't know. It, it doesn't Sorry. Look, No, you're right. You're totally right. I can't disagree. Cannot disagree at all. It's, it doesn't. And, and even when we thought that he was going to start batting better on the right side of the plate, Yesterday, he's batting on the right side of the plate a couple of times, and it just doesn't look good. I know he's he has gotten unlucky. He's put a charge into some of them. And then pay, who is it? Pedro Severino ran down the third baseline the other night to catch one of his pop outs that like should have never. When when have you seen a catcher run down the third baseline and catch it almost in the outfield? You've never seen that. So like Hicks is also dealing with bad luck, but it's also. I mean, this extension. I don't think anybody agreed with it. You saw the Yankees sign him, and you're like, why? They're still. They still have a couple of years of control left. Why are we breaking the extension rule for this guy? Like there's plenty of other people that we would like to have under contract. Not nothing against Aaron Hicks, but now it's, it's blowing up in the Yankees face in a very bizarre way. And it's another contract. They're not going to be able to get out of. And it sucks because there, there's, there's going to be, no one's going to want to take on that money unless they're paying for some of it. And then if they have to pay for some of it, they'll use it as, as an excuse as to why they can't sign so-and-so free agent. That'll help the roster. So it's a mess. So sign sign through 2025. And the question of how does Jason Dominguez fit into this outfield eventually? The answer just got a little easier to find. I think Aaron Hicks might want to be taking lessons from Brett Gardner on how to be a a willing and able fourth outfielder, because I I don't know, folks. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the positives, which are unfortunately all surrounding someone who we'd rather wasn't even on the team. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Inks Go Yard podcast. Have we succeeded so far? Is this as boring an experience listening to this podcast as watching the 2021 Yankees? I hate to keep falling into this trap, but it does feel like they've been, at least in the month of April, which could not end soon enough, can end soon enough. I'm being saved from Yankees losses by clutch New York Knicks wins and smart New York Giants draft picks. You know what that says? That's bizarro world. The Yankees are losing. The Yankees are losing three, two games to the last place Baltimore Orioles on the road. And by the way, the Orioles are not that bad. They're no, fine. They're, they're fine. They're they're better than they've been. And that's definitely losers mentality and Stockholm syndrome. And I'm sure I'm going to say something similar about the Tigers pitchers this weekend. But the Orioles are are definitely not good. They're definitely better than they have been. Um, but I'm literally watching the Yankees lose excruciating games and going, "Oh, the Knicks beat the Bulls by 20. Nice. Oh, the Giants traded back and picked up an extra first rounder next year." Awesome. At least I can take solace in that instead of my World Series favorite. Um, yeah, it's it's a boring brand of baseball. I understand that it's April 30th. I, I definitely understand that. But it's either a win with four solo homers or a loss where everybody's hanging out on the base paths and they get just enough clutch hits so that you can't say they don't get clutch hits. They're not clutch. Glaber rips that double two strikes and two outs. I mean, huge. Rugnetto door that two out single huge. But they don't have the fortitude to win the game. So why do I care? Like it, it invalidates the argument that they're quote unquote not clutch because they delivered some really clutch knocks in that game and still took a huge L. The one positive since we last did a podcast, Domingo Herman's brilliant start in the third game of the series. And he's someone who I would have rather they cut in spring training. And I, I don't even want to see him succeed. And he's like the best pitcher on the team. What what gives? Can somebody and now I'm all lathered up again. Like, can somebody take this job away from me? Give me a different team. I'll do a different podcast. Anybody else's, anybody, any other team's podcast. 
Sadly, the Red Sox would be fun, but fun podcast. Not going to won't be admitting that Garrett Whitlock and Mike, uh, you're going to make me mad all over again. <laughs> Garrett Whitlock, 13 and a third scoreless innings to start his major yep. league career. Yep. Annoying. Michael King, 11 scoreless innings to start this season. We keep demoting him. We have Garrett Whitlock. Same numbers. An- another thing, another thing we we won't understand. It's just it's 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 crazy. And that will, you know, we'll talk about the starting pitching now. Domingo, uh, look, Hopefully he's put the personal shit behind him. He got married. The things seem to be okay. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to tread lightly there until uh, maybe this lasts a little bit longer because you never know what's going on in people's personal lives. But two quality starts for the man over his last two outings. He uh, got us that big win in Cleveland, and then got us the big win on Wednesday night against the Orioles. Latest one, last two outings, he went 90 pitches or over, which is exactly what you want to see. Length from the starting rotation, six innings against Cleveland, seven innings against uh, the Orioles. The latest one, seven innings shutout, three hits, a walk, six strikeouts. He was painting the corners the entire game. He didn't really look in distress at any point. Almost um, a no-no. Yeah. No-no, uh, what the uh, uh, that play, Geo, it was an infield single. Geo made yeah. like a backhand play and threw it to first on a, on a one-hop. He made it four and two thirds, which is yeah. like, honestly, already the point where I'm watching. And yeah. he looked like he had the stuff for it. Like I was, I agree. You can tell early, you know, when a no hit bid is lucky and you know, when a no hit bid's legitimate. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, he's definitely the guy I'd least like to see throw a no hitter in the Yankees rotation this year, yeah. to say the least. But yeah, you know, early and I, in the third inning, I was kind of like, he's dotting the corners with like moving 95 yeah. and the changeup is disgusting. Like, I don't think he's going to do it, but like he's going to he's not giving this up so early. And yeah, the the first hit was just a dribbler in the wrong place. Got out of it anyway. It was he was unbelievable in that game. So was Corey Kluber, to be perfectly honest. But yeah, Kluber had some bend and don't break. Kluber worked his way out of a couple late jams when he started to lose his stuff. And Kluber threw more balls than I think you'd want to see in a six and two thirds inning outing. Mm-hmm. Domingo was pretty perfect. Yeah, he was. And that's and look. I don't really want to say it, but like, this is why the Yankees hung on to him. They saw the potential here. We, yes. How long is it going to last? I don't know, but you just saw the seven inning outing. That's kind of the stuff they're looking for uh, a, a couple of times, at least a couple of times a month, which will go a long way toward helping the starting rotation and preserving the bullpen. Um, and that's good because Aaron Boone is look, we want to talk about Montgomery because that's that's the ne- that's the next person on deck. Yep, flea market um, Montgomery. Yeah, he he, he solid outing uh, on Thursday. We really can't discount that. Five innings, six hits, a walk, two earned runs, and that mistake to Mancini. That that was like that was the only glaring mistake. But Aaron Boom pulls him right after that home run, which uh, I think some of us some some people would say, yeah, pull him. We don't want to see him give up another untimely hit. But guess what? That's the hottest hitter in the O's lineup. So. If you're going to make a mistake, it's probably going to be to that guy. And then you could probably let him finish the, the inning to go six strong because how many more pitches is he realistically throwing? It's probably not going to be a 20 pitch inning at that point. You know, maybe he goes 15 and he's still under the, the, the 90 threshold, which is positive. But Monty said after the game, he wasn't thrilled about being pulled. And this isn't the first time he's been pulled early. I know that in his, you might not want at this point, Aaron Boone is, uh, I'm not going to fault him for this, but it's a trend that I don't want to see continue to happen because it's April. We know that pitchers are at a disadvantage because of what happened last year, the shortened season, especially a guy like Monty. 
especially like everybody in this rotation. So I'm never going to fault him probably for removing Kluber or Tyone too early at this point, just because they haven't pitched in a while. Um, and Domingo, I know it's a little bit touchy because he hadn't pitched since September of 2019, but Kluber and Tyone are much bigger question marks because health issues and because they really have not pitched since the beginning of 2019. Domingo at least got through most of 2019 before he got placed on administrative leave and then was subsequently suspended. Jordan Montgomery missed most of 2019, and that was his year coming back from Tommy John. And then 2020 was supposed to be his comeback year, but that was shortened. So everybody's at a disadvantage in terms of being built out, in terms of being, um, you know, uh, in terms of building up that stamina and making sure that their arm strength is okay. But his season debut, he threw six shutout innings against the O's, 73 pitches. He gets taken out. Like, why not just trot him out for the seventh and see what happens? Maybe he gets a quick six, seven pitch inning and he's at 80, 80. That's nothing against the Rays. You know, we could argue that was you probably maybe should have removed him. But 82 pitches through five, like trot him out for the sixth and see what happens. Like he's he's doing OK. He's not. I don't know. At this point, it, it's it, it to me, it comes down to feel for the game. And this is what happened the other night, too, on Monday night. We called Davey Garcia up for a start to give the rotation a rest and to help preserve the bullpen. And Davey Garcia gets pulled after four innings and 65 pitches. Like, why is he not going out for the fifth? What, what, what how is this resting? How is this helping anything? You could have just, you could have just done a, theoretically, you could have just done a bullpen game and hope for the opener to go two or three innings. And it's really not that, that big of a difference. Um, so I get it on, on one end of the spectrum. We don't want to be burning guys out too early in April, but there's a difference between burning them out because they're laboring. Like it's very obvious in Tyone and Kluber starts for the most part thus far, they have been laboring. They, they, some innings look good. And then the other innings, it's a 25 to 30 pitch inning. And you're like, Jesus Montgomery against the Indians. You probably, you had to take him out. He had 40 pitches in the first inning. Like the rest of the way was kind of he was, he was dragging his feet. He ended up, it was a gutsy performance, but like, that's a game you can't leave him in. If he's relatively cruising and he gives up an untimely solo Homer on like the third pitch of an at bat, just like, let it keep going. Why are we, why are we burning the bullpen? I know at some point the Yankees had to use O'Day and Chapman because they had a lot of days rest in a row, but like, we don't have to take a starter out. Who's at 74 pitches in the fifth when he's not performing badly. He's, he's totally fine. He's not laboring. He's, he's kind of cruising in fact, so I get it. I just don't want this to become a trend because I want to let these guys kind of get loose, especially because we have the limitations with Tyone and Kluber. And if we're going to unleash Cole, at least one of the other, at least I would hope at least uh, Monty and Herman are being unleashed. And Herman, the last two starts was positive on that front, but uh, Jordan Montgomery, there, there seems to be some sort of hesitation with him. And, uh, and I'm not entirely sure why. Also, is this take extremely hot? Probably a moderate amount of heat. I know Chapman and O'Day had to get work in the last game of the series. I think that once the Yankees tied that game in the ninth with Glaber, I'm going to Loisga for the bottom of the ninth against weaker hitters. It's like Ramon Urias. It, it was like, what, six, seven, eight, because Pat Valeka showed up to bunt in the 10th. Yeah. So it was like Urias, uh, I don't know. I don't know who else he ripped through. Rio Ruiz, Santander. Like, it, it wasn't Mancini and Mullins and Mountcastle. I, I think Mountcastle actually let off the inning. But, like, I'm bringing Lewis again for those guys. And I'm bringing Chapman in for the 10th because I definitely trust Chapman to maybe keep that runner yeah. at second base. Um, not a bad idea. Or so Chapman and Chad Green are basically the only two people who I trust to do that at this point. Yeah. I love Lewis But, you know, 
I think yeah, it's harder to bunt off Chapman. It's easier to bunt off Lewisica. I probably make that switch, and it's obviously a captain hindsight situation. But I don't think that's a hot take because either way, somebody has to pitch a tenth. Yeah, someone's pitching the tenth. It's not like it's that inning's not going away. He did face Mountcastle, T.J. Stewart, and, and Urias. By the way, yeah. DJ Stewart usually kills us, didn't kill us in this series, which yeah. is interesting to me. Feel like he feel like he's maybe got a kill for us coming up this season at some point. Um, positives, I mean, yeah, I, I like what Domingo's doing. I like what the rotation did this whole time through. Yeah. That's why it's look. The Orioles are not a pushover. They really aren't, especially four games on the road. It is tough to win that series. We're just conditioned to want to win that series, and without John Means, it's easier to win that series. That's yeah. the situation. So, like, loot, splitting a four-game series with the Orioles, like, I, I can see it. I can visualize it. But when you go you go all four of those games and you never face their ace, like, you'll want to take three of those four. And I'm proud of them that they took two because there's a scenario in which they don't do that, and it's a complete disaster. Um, and, and, like, losing the first one and have Corey Kluber the next day who hasn't put up a good start all year, like, that's a prime situation for going down two straight to the Orioles. I'm sorry. I'm glad he rebounded and was able to save it. The Orioles are not a pushover. They're on, they're in the, you know, they're moving in the right direction. Cedric Mullins is a problem. Mountcastle, Mancini, Santander, these guys are good. Um, put bat on ball, have power. You know, they got rid of Hanser Alberto. I think they were a better offense with him, but okay. Um, Cat, yeah, I mean, Santander is not playing in this series. That's and Freddie Galvis was out. Freddie Galvis is out. Pedro Severino is good. Yeah, Santander, it's funny. They went through a whole series without Santander. Interesting. Um, almost completely forgot about that. Austin Hayes still kicked their ass, though. What, what are you going to do? Um, but the Orioles, here, here's, uh, here's the unfortunate spoiler and trajectory of the situation. The Orioles are not a pushover. You still want to take three or four in that series. Yankees didn't. Now there's still three games under 500. Is that is 11 and 14 the same as six and 11? No. Have they taken as much of a leap forward as we wanted them to? No. Are they lucky to be 11 and 14? I say yes. Yeah. Because I think they've shown us just as little in large stretches this season as the Detroit Tigers have, who, you know, that's an eight and 18 team. That's a bad team. The Tigers are worse than the Orioles for sure. Yes. But are the Yankees going to play down to their level? Absolutely. Because I, I think the Yankees are lucky to be an 11 and 14 team. If the Yankees were playing up to their capacity with more consistency and they dropped like, look, let's say they split the Orioles series and one of those games, they just get their ass beat 10, four or whatever. And then one of them, they lose seven, six. Then I'm like, okay, right off the bat, right off the blowout loss. Some pitcher didn't have it. And then they, they lost a slugfest. But the fact that they lost the games, the way they lost again, where the pitching held the Orioles down, they totally had a chance to easily snipe a game with like five runs scored and couldn't do it. It hurts. Doesn't feel good. I think, you know, I don't know what their Pythagorean record is, but I feel like their run differential is basically like minus four or minus five at this point. It's, it's not good. I think the Yankees are closer to an eight and 18 team than they are a 500 team. Uh, I don't know if that's going to continue all year, but there's a world where the Yankees definitely have two or three fewer wins and their record looks all the more garish. So the Tigers are a pushover for any competent team, but I don't know if the Yankees are competent yet. I'm excited to see them return home, wear the pinstripes. Everything feels better when they're doing that, but I think they're much closer to the Tigers' level than where than they are to the level of a team that looks at the Tigers on the schedule and goes, we can get three wins. Great, let's go. One, two, three. Well, maybe not if Higgy's starting more games. Do we think about that? 
Have oh, we, uh, did you, are, so you're talking about the uh, Kyle Higashioka, who's, who's now our, our catcher, uh, maybe our starting catcher, uh, potentially. Um, Gary Sanchez, once again, uh, you know, uh, yeah, the Yankees are, I say the Yankees are closer to an 8-18 and 18 team to me than they are a 500 team. That's because Gary Sanchez has started a lot of games. He's he's 5-12. and 12. He's, he's, yeah. five, he's 5 and 12 in those starts. Um, the Yankees are 11 and 14. I'm not so sure. That's, yeah, uh, that's six and two with Higashioka. Yeah, Higashioka is is a feel play. Why? Because the pitchers seem to throw better games when he's behind the plate. He manages to put bat on ball when we need it, or either we need it in a in a situation where we might need a run, or we just need it for an offensive spark. He seems to do that. Um, I think the problem with Gary here, on top of his defense still not being great, and on top of his the him calling games is somewhat skeptical uh, and I'll be quick here is the fact that John Carlos Stanton's locked into the DH spot, because if you can give Gary Sanchez some days off and put him at DH and then shuffle the outfield around and look, the outfield has been slumping. So like it would have been a perfect time for John Carlos Stanton to play a little bit of the field, but I guess they're not doing that yet or they're waiting, but them trading Talkman, I think maybe, open the door for that possibility within the next month or so, because now they only have four outfielders. Um, and all it's going to take is for one of them to go down before, you know, Aaron judge needs a rest day or uh, Aaron, Aaron Hicks is continuing to slump and they don't want to play him. So I don't know, but like if you can shift Gary into the DH role, let him forget about catching and just have him focus on hitting that could maybe turn him around. But right now, not looking good. And Higgy's de- running laps around him. Gary slashing 193, 29, 310. Bad, especially after that hot start. So that means his latest slump has been dreadful. Um, and Higgy just seems to just have a better, better rapport with all these pitchers. They pitch better when he's behind the plate. I don't know what it is. I, I, I'm not there, so I don't know. But I'm watching the difference on TV. And that's what the product is. That's what the end result is telling me. Yeah, at least we didn't draft Mac Jones. Could be worse. <laughs> we could be we could be doing a podcast right now rationalizing Mac Jones, going Belichick and, and Nick Saban just have a rapport. Uh, you look out because he he just makes the plays. He, he throws people open. I don't, I don't know why I sound like that. It, uh, it's it's been a weird 24 hours, folks. I really, really, really wanted to come on to the podcast Friday and do three out of four in Baltimore, three in a row in Baltimore. No matter how you felt entering the series, you got to be jacked up now. But of course, the Yankees just had to rain on my parade to make it a two out of four. It was two to be proud of, and it was two to be extremely depressed by. When they lose, they lose in the same fashion every single time. But of course, I don't need to tell you that. But the one bit of good news I have signing off, today is April 30th. There's only 30 days in April. No more April. April is done April baseball has been boring. The team has been lifeless. Nobody looks locked in for stretches of more than two or three days at a time. May is when we pick this shit up. So let's get some teams on the docket. Let's face the Astros. Let's face the Nationals. Let's start switching things up. And let's win some baseball games. That's it for this Pizza Friday. Until next time, I'm... I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get those podcasts. Drop us a five-star review and a mailbag question. Thomas Carinante, if they want to argue with your takes, where can they find you? People are arguing with me all the time nowadays. Tommy's underscore takes. Find me on Twitter. We'll chat. We'll see what we can uh, hash out and figure out. Uh, you can also talk to both Adam and I on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. 
And you can read our lovely words at yanksgoyard.com. We got all the takes there. We'll be covering the games over the weekend and for the foreseeable future, hopefully. Um, and we want to hear what you have to say. So until then, everyone, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy Pizza Friday. Let's just sweep the Tigers, please. That's all I want. That's all I want. Try to enjoy your weekend. Hit the reset button. And if we sweep, we get to 14 and 14. Not bad, but got to do it. See ya. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.